0: So yeah, it's a year. We just say it's a whole year (laughs) of podcasting for us. So thank you to everybody on here for being here today. And we were meant to be in London. When was that? It's going to be on the on the. I don't know when it was that we were going to be in London. Now I've forgotten. It's all life's kind of carried on. May
1: sometime.
2: May May the (laughs) ninth.
0: Thank you, May the ninth. Michael's busy schedule, and unfortunately, because of the world and the way it's changing, we're not. But we're here, and this is just as good. This is just as fun. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. But yeah, a whole year of podcasting. So thank you to everyone for supporting us and listening to us.
2: Welcome to episode 15 of the Full Stop Podcast. Who would have thought? With Sarah Lawrence from After the Storm, Berenice Smith from Walking Our Shoes, and me, Michael Hughes from Married and Childless. This episode we're joined by Joss, Julie, Rod Silvers and Jodie Day. We're all feeling a a little lost due to the virus. And our original idea for this episode was centred around being childless and single in this COVID time. But as you'll hear, we covered so much more. And Julie starts us off.
3: Uh, Julie, hi. Hi. I'm, 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 uh, I'm in Spain, I'm in southern Spain, um, where I, I was kind of trapped really, I mean I live here, this is my home, but I was kind of trapped here when the lockdown started, so, um, so all my plans are being cancelled and, um, and that's it really, I'm English and I live in southern Spain and um, I've been with Gateway Women for just a few months, a couple of months, so that's, that's it.
4: I'm Jodie. And it's lovely to have, have Julie and, and Joss on the call, uh, Gateway Women members. And uh, so I'm, for those of you who don't know me, I'm the, the founder of Gateway Women, which is the global friendship and support network for for childless women and a uh, big supporter
5: of the Full Stop podcast I'm really happy to be on the show again. My name is Joss and i um... It's lovely to be here. Um, as Jodie said, like I've been part of the Gateway Women Network for a while. Um, I did the online B course, I think back in 2018, maybe. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, um, I'm based in the UK, in the sort
6: of southwest.
2: Rod's next. Bethra. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, come on.
6: <laughs> All right, uh, oh, blimey. Well, I think I've met everyone, anyway. not I? Yeah, I have. Hello. No. Hello. No. Julie. Julian. Yeah, Julian. What's well, your lovely name at the bottom now. Yeah, yeah. Joss Joss, Joss, Joss. Joss, yeah. Joss and Joe, J and J. And j and Joe, J, yep. What is yep. this, is you yeah. with... Can you Why you be Women? Three
3: J's. yeah. Try me wearing
6: stripes. Yes. <laughs> stripes, and you all begin with J. What's that about, yeah. j, and j? That's a bit J-ist, that is. Everyone's got a j thats everyone has got aj in their name. So <laughs> a I, I know, I can't join. And I'm a bloke. What's that about? It's, uh, it's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, everyone, yes. Um... Rod, I've worked with this lovely lady, i worked with this lovely man, I've worked with this lovely lady, and I'm just floating about, I've been floating about um, acting and writing, and uh, was uh, honoured um, to get to know everyone. Um, and I just waffle a lot, and that's why I'm here, to waffle. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I just moved, uh, I'm in London, and you can probably tell I'm a Londoner, um, and I just moved to Finchley, from
2: Croydon, so it's a step up. I'm going to have to uh, Google that. What's,
1: what's that? Finchley.
2: Yeah, what's Finchley? Good.
1: Finchley, probably, yeah.
2: I've probably been there, but. It's
6: you just London, have. isn't it? It's, it's a lovely part of London. It's, it's pretty posh,
0: and they let me in. Finchley is posh.
6: It is. I, yeah, I don't know um, I got you're in. very
0: posh. You're almost as posh as me in Cambridge, darling. <laughs> but not I quite. I had to
6: get my as as passport Cambridge. out to get in here. I had to get my passport out. They let me in, I don't know how. <laughs> oh. Well done! Oh, I succeeded. Got in. Beautiful. That was the,
1: that was the funniest thing, though. Every, you went. up moved from Finchley from Croydon, everyone like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I
6: thinking, yeah, no one knew if, if you know Croydon, you'll be glad to move out. I respect to <laughs> the people of Croydon, by the way. I respect <laughs> to. Probably get you letters or any kickoffs. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah,
0: we'll get a deluge now from Croydon Croydonites. Thing. Yeah,
6: yeah. Now, Croydon's class place. Beautiful place.
0: It's not bad. I quite like it. But yeah, Finchley's very posh. Is Finchley yeah, yeah. Essex? Is is that Essex, Finchley? No, no, it's is North still London. Not, it's still
6: North London. Yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. the first time I've been up North London, because I've always been in South London, but I just mm. wanted to climb the ladder. I think it's
0: that's not, very socially... Yeah, good of you. Well done.
6: Gary, <laughs> are you still in Spain, by the way? Huh? Sorry? Is Jodie still in Spain?
0: Um,
4: I'm, um, I'm in lockdown in uh, rural Ireland. I'm in uh, West Cork. Yeah. Wow. So, not in Ibiza, in West Cork at the moment, yeah.
6: You got stuck there, did you?
4: Sort of. It wasn't really um, um, it wasn't really safe for us to go to Ibiza with my elderly mother in law.
6: Oh, um, okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Mm. So we had to make a decision where we were going to be because we could see what was coming and we chose mm. to be here.
6: Well it's islands gain, is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the I, I love
4: it here. I love it here.
6: It is beautiful come on Sarah
4: oh
1: you ain't spoken oh no I haven't really (laughs) so um yeah so we were asking weren't we how everyone's
4: finding lockdown I'm actually uh it's Jodie again I'm not I'm I'm doing okay um in a way my life hasn't changed hugely yet it's also completely changed and I think the kind of the, the sort of cognitive dissonance between those things really fried my brain and my emotional system for a while. And I think kind of, I think probably about because my, um, my elderly mother-in-law lives with us, we sort of went into voluntary lockdown quite early before Ireland went into official lockdown. But it was different when it became official. We've just got to the end of week three of sort of official. And I think week two, I really struggled. Um, I I really struggled with uh, understanding what to move forward with, with my work and my life and what to put on hold, what was important, what wasn't important, what my motivation was. And I think my, you know, my work with Gateway Women has been such an anchor for me over the last decade. And that felt really um, unstable as well, because actually, I felt a lot of people weren't, a lot of women who would normally be reaching out for support around their childlessness, weren't because they, you know, from a psychological angle, I understood that they were more in survival level anxieties. I have never seen a quieter Mother's Day in the UK. It was almost unmentioned, and it's usually, along with Christmas, the busiest time of year. And of course, the um, the launch of the second edition of my book fell into a coronavirus-shaped hole because that came out on the nineteenth of March, um, and that was six months of work, uh, and you know, all of you helped me with it too, which just went completely down the plug hole so it feels like it woke up a lot of grief for me about a lot of complex things that I've had to sort of get used to and now I'm used to it and now I'm just sort of sort of back to sort of plugging on mostly as normal
1: mm.
4: but with plus baking as we've discussed plus <laughs> <a little baking.
1: laughs> mm. yeah I've, I've got to be honest I was I was plugging along quite quite nicely and I've sort of I think I've tipped over a cliff edge really and I feel quite fucking fed up if i'm honest <laughs> if yeah being blunt um but mm. I, was, I was being really productive so i was doing loads in the garden but i think having all my work dry up has mm. kind of just really thrown me just as like um because for those that don't know i've i've, I've got two small businesses and in overnight one of those all the work just dried up immediately and none of the um solutions are going to work for me so it's been I've felt a lot of my grief I guess coming up over that because I put everything into my my work and then it's just gone and you just think ah and you're trying to keep going aren't you and you're trying to think what can I offer through after the storm and, and um sweet FA if I'm honest with you at the moment I'm really struggling to motivate and keep myself going so it's like trying to support other people is just impossible when your cup's empty isn't it? so I'm really really not in a good place at the minute <laughs> which is probably why I'm quiet Rod if I'm yeah. honest
6: no I understand. I understand
1: not good on a podcast is it <laughs> yeah
6: that's exactly how yeah, you should be though what, it what quiet <laughs> no you're keeping it real just say how you feel yeah
1: sure. yeah that, I mean I think everyone's going through it at a different pace you know maybe Jody, you've gone through it already but I'm going through it at the moment but yeah I'm really struggling
4: what about everyone else rhythm with quite a lot of the people I'm in contact with and I've been supporting and there does seem to be you know if we think about you know the 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 change curve or the grief cycle you know these these things do sort of have a pattern and I think there is a there is a point when we touch a sort of bottom and we'll probably touch it again throughout this process and I was I was in a a, a bad (sighs) way and you know um i my partner was you know he's he's brilliant at sort of letting me get on with what i need to get on with but he was like you know are you you know is, are you okay and i went yeah i said i'm feeling the grief of the world i said and that's kind of what i need to be doing right now and he's like right You <laughs> know, and it was just this sense of it really hit me that the world that i knew that we knew has gone yeah whatever it is when we come out of this at the other end the world before coronavirus has gone and all of and also i feel that and it just brought back not so much my grief of my childlessness but all of the feelings of the grief the sense of pointlessness the sense of not having a future the sense of not knowing my place the sense of not having a visible identity in the culture it's like so so many reminders of stuff that I've been through in the past and come out the other side of. And it sort of was like really painful echoes in my psyche, in my body of, 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 of loss. And I thought, this is the loss. This so many, everyone's feeling this in a different way, you know? Um, and so I have articulated that on my blog and people have responded to it, but people are so overwhelmed with information right now that I'm also staying a little bit quiet because I feel there will be a time when people are ready to talk and think and process it in words. And I don't sense that we're quite there yet.
1: No, no, the actual fact, the pointless, that's the word I used yesterday when I went off a cliff. It's like just feeling pointless. You know, what, what is the point now of me mm-hmm. can carry it on really with all this business? And it did bring up echoes of all the childlessness again. And my husband was like, what the fuck's this? I, like, I don't know, just go with it. <laughs> but its I think for those that are living on their own, I can only begin to imagine how difficult it is. Mm. I've got someone indoors, you know. If I, if I want him around, I'll go and get a bit of company. But if you're on your own, it's a lot more difficult, I think. Yeah,
5: um, I, I, yeah I live alone. And I, and I yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I would say, um, I, uh, initially I felt that, because I'm more naturally introverted rather than extrovert, so I always need a bit of time by myself. And um, so I think initially I thought, yeah, I'll be okay, it won't be that different, you know, perhaps almost like a little bit of denial about it. And then it really hit me, and I realised how I'm so... Um, I don't know whether "reliant" is the right word, but how important my sort of daily contacts are with my work colleagues—I get on well with—or <clears throat> excuse me, my my friends, my family. I live in a different city to my family. Um, people I just kind of know from, like a yoga studio I go to a lot. Just all those little contacts, um, and uh, I I noticed actually that some of my grief around childlessness very much reappeared and I think there was something about the solo walks and um, just I guess everything kind of going round and round in my in my own head <laughs> um, and I suppose just seeing more families and little kids out in the parks and so on that I was walking in um, and I think it does link a bit to what um, Sarah and Jodie you were saying about that sort of pointless feeling I was just I mean and I guess also the with the the virus itself, a sense of my own mortality, the point in my life or not, as a woman who doesn't have children. Um, um, And yeah, I I definitely had that kind of sense of, um, well, I can do all the things that people are telling you to do, like have a routine and, you know, da di da But actually, I've had a a few times where I felt I'm falling off a cliff. I... I am holding on and I'm I'm almost not coping very well and then I'll ping back and I'll be okay so it really flexes and fluxes quite a lot.
3: Jess I think a lot of people have said that haven't they about this sort of the yo-yo the yo-yo the pinging backwards and forwards and also I really I can relate to everything you've said because I live alone and find it really hard here particularly in Spain partly because I'm in a foreign country but also because of the culture here and it's it's interesting listening to people and reading what people say on Gateway Women about when they go out people in the UK and other countries who can still go out and how painful it is to go out. And here's me longing to be able to go out because in Spain we can't. Um, But now thinking, well, maybe it's a kind of mixed blessing in a way. I mean, but it's still, I'm very much aware of people that I am in contact with here in spain who are constantly having video calls with children with grandchildren you know constantly being i mean i'm sort of older than than everyone else and sort of grandmother generation as it were and and a lot of support from 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 the other generations in in people's families you know that they have and um and I have family in England, but it's not the same. You know, my niece is looking after caring for her mother, my sister. Her prime, her prime focus isn't me. It's my sister. And um, I'm one of four and they all have children. And, um, and what I see, you know, we go out on the rooftops and balconies and do this applause every night. And there is not one other person who's alone. Not one other person. They're all in couples or in families. And um, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And that, the unexpectedness of falling off the cliff sometimes because, you know, initially like you, I was fine. I enjoy my own company, it's not a problem occupying myself. But about three days ago, I thought, I'm, I'm falling. <laughs> and I was really shocked. It really took me by surprise. And uh, I just hope that, you know, because I feel like I've dropped to rock bottom, I'm going to be on the up, you know, shortly. Um, Because it's not about, for me, it's, it's also physical contact, you know. There's my hairdresser down the road who obviously hasn't been there for nearly five weeks now. He's my person that I go to for a hug. And he's the only person in my life that I have such close physical contact with. And it's not there. And I absolutely, it's, what is it? That skin hunger, Jodie, that we were talking about before. I just crave it utterly.
4: Can I share something, which is, um, I was single for a long time and throughout grieving my childlessness and starting Gateway Women and writing my books, there was a long period. And so, although I'm no longer single, it's something... I I really get on a physical level as well and I write about it a lot in my book because I think it's really important to to bring out the issues that I think are unique um, uh, around going through this experience alone and I um, in a chapter of my book which is really more about self-care chapter eight I created this exercise which was um, actually to help, it was really to help women, but this will work for men as well, to uh, build, rebuild their relationship with their body because there can be a real disconnect and a, and a lot of um, sort of unpleasant feelings projected onto, onto the female body. I mean, our culture supports us in doing this and around childlessness. So I created this exercise to help with that. What I, but when I started doing it for myself, for 30 days, I discovered that it had a really powerful impact on skin hunger. Mm-hmm. I was single and childless at the time. And so um, I just wanted to explain to listeners what the exercise is because it's really simple. Um, so in my book, it's, it's called The Sayer in Chapter Eight. But briefly, what it is, is you get a bottle of um, moisturizer of some kind, but you can also just do this in the shower. Uh, as well but the the way the exercise is designed is you get a bottle and you just get a big label and you just stick a label on it that says thank you and it reminds you what that bottle of kind of um um moisturizer is for but you could put it on your shower gel you could do it anywhere and you start at your feet and you you massage the cream into your feet and as you're massaging it you're saying to your you're saying to your feet thank you Um, and I find it's really helpful to actually thank your body for something it does for you. So it's about disconnecting from, um, the way it looks and it's about what it does for you. So as I massage my feet, you know, I say, thank you for enabling me to walk around in the world. You know what I mean and go places and then I'll move on to you know my shins and just sort of you know thank you and I'll get to my knees and say you know thank you for still enabling me to sit cross legged in my mid-50s you know I'll I'll go to my thighs which is you know not an area I like the look of but I will kind of massage them very lovingly you know thank you for being so so strong and so comfortable and I'll get to my bottom which is larger than I'd like i say I'm massage say thank you for being so comfortable to sit on. Um, and you know, I gradually move up my body, and the the area that can be most tricky for 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 women is is the stomach area. You know, the area of the reproductive organs that can often be an area of total neglect. It's like we we hardly even think we've got it anymore. So actually, I, one of the things I recommend is is to focus on your digestive system, if if that's easier. So I'll sort of rub my tummy and say thank you for digesting all the food I eat and turning it into fuel for my life. And you kind of gradually work up your body. And because it's your own hand touching your own flesh with this, basically this love for yourself and this gratitude for yourself, what it does is it starts to release a really big flow of oxytocin. Oh. is the same hormone that is released when you get a safe hug. It's the same hormone released after orgasm. <laughs> it's, it's the feel-good bonding hormone that makes you feel good in your skin again. So you just carry, don't forget your face, it's lovely to do your face, thank your ears, thank your scalp. By the time you've finished, and actually even just doing it and thinking of it myself, you'll feel this tingle, hopefully this tingle all over your body, and that is the oxytocin. This, you do this every day, you can do it in the shower, if you don't want to sort of cover yourself in cream. It is unbelievably powerful at helping to alleviate the real sense of deprivation, that you get from not being touched which is you know I'm a a psychotherapist I've Mm. studied sort of child development it is Mm. a crucial part of being human to be touched Mm. babies who are not touched do not thrive they die Mm. even if they're fed Mm. you know it is we are we are group animals you know so I think it's really important to take skin hunger seriously and I'm I'm thinking also of lots of old, you know, older childless people who are on their own as well. Mm. And I am, I am heartbroken mm. by the lack of thought. I, um, this, this crisis, this corona crisis, has really revealed the ugly prejudices that underpin our society around ageism, sexism, pronatalism, ableism, so many other things. It really breaks my heart. Yeah.
3: And I, and I think that's part of what's going on, isn't it? For for anybody who's kind of aware of stuff like that, because sometimes I just cry and cry, and I I, I don't necessarily need to know exactly why, but I know that it's a kind of confusion of confusion of all sorts of things. And uh, when I was feeling it stronger about a week or so ago, the the thing that that hit me was all the comparable situations that that this is not as it were you know so like people in prison people fleeing from a country or being trapped in a country people going through wars people being bombed all those awful situations that in a sense can be so much worse than that I know I'm going I'm going off what you would initially talking about but it's that confusion of grief I think that's what I mean and you you're mourning and you're grieving and you don't necessarily know how much is for yourself and how much is for the wider the wider world and what's going on
0: yeah. Rod how are you getting on I'm um, obviously you've moved recently as well so does that uh, in terms of moving from an area you know well to somewhere that perhaps you don't know well how's that affecting how you're coping because it's must be mixed feelings um
6: well i think everyone uh to be honest i feel like a bit of um a fraud really (laughs) um because when mickey boy said you want to get involved um i I kind of pondered because of the back end of last year and everything that happened with uh, with the festival, Jodie, and, and the radio and the TV, and all that kind of stuff that I did, I think I came to a point where, um, in the end, I started to think, right, I've done enough now, I've had enough, and I don't actually want to think about the childish thing anymore. Um, I've become burnt out by it, if I'm being absolutely honest. Not burnt out as in stress, just I resorted back to the whole thing about wanting to keep your mouth shut now and going back and be a bloke and just getting on with it, just coping. I didn't want to explore it anymore. I didn't want to think about it anymore. And to be honest, that's kind of where I'm at. So now that the virus has come along and going back to what Sarah was saying, my work the same as you, Sarah, knackered, gone. Um, uh, like Joss, like Jules, uh, I lived on my own a long time now. And I've kind of, I don't know how to, don't know how to explain this. I've resorted back to what I know which is coping on my own and dealing with life on my own. Um, And I'm quite comfortable with it as well, because I like my slaves, I like my freedom. Um, Jules, I've also got a hairdresser, as you can see, long, long hair that I have to cope with. It's difficult. I can't see him no more. (laughs) Joke. Um, So um, I don't know. But in answer to it, um, whenever life has been a struggle for me, uh, and there's been some dodgy moments in my life going right back to the day. Um, I just find, I find things to do. I find I've kind of coping strategies. Um, um, and I keep this as busy as I can. And that's always kind of helped me. Um, there's no I, That's no explanation whatsoever. I always feel when life gets tough, it's just like I pull my socks up and just think, what, well, you got to get on with it because I can't change it so what can you do um and like Jodie's examples of you know the hug and all that kind of stuff I don't know I just do my own little naff way I just find ways of coping um and I'm not going to waffle on about that um,
0: I can empathize with that though Rod because I when we started talking about all of this and I've gone through those peaks and troughs of being terrified, I think and we've been in, in lockdown longer as well. Like JD, we um when was it? My birthday was the seventh of March and that was the last time I probably went out anywhere. Um mm. then we went away on holiday to Scotland and we didn't see anybody, which was great. Um and probably the, the the big thing I did was go to the service station at Blythe and that was about it. And I haven't really been anywhere since we've been on lockdown. Um but my husband is older than I am so he's Gone into lockdown and I'm worried about his he's fine he's 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 very healthy but I worry because we have an age gap so I'm the one going out to do anything we can do he can't go out so that puts me in an odd situation where I'm not alone but I'm thinking I hope he's going to be all right I and I've suddenly become aware of the fragility of some things I suppose and that's made me worried I've also had pneumonia before so some of the stuff on the television where they're showing pictures of people struggling to breathe I didn't realize how much that had an impact on me at the time and how much I feel it now when I look at it and think oh god so I'm constantly checking my breath um but someone asked and I know Sarah you replied to this as well it was in a, a group that we both belong to and it's mm-hmm. about how you're coping um and it was only on Friday and it was the measures of of grief and it was the um Sarah I might need your help on this but it was the um Kubler-Ross model of how you go through shock and denial and frustration depression experiment and then decision to integration and um, the person who had posted this um had given it a slightly broader or different shape to the model that I'm familiar with but it was how are you coping and my reply to that on Friday was that actually I've found I've got more resources in me to call on than I thought I had and I think because of going through childlessness because of um slight trigger warning here but because of going through failed IVF and through miscarriages um and I referenced you Jodie and saying that it's living a life unexpected and we are in this everyone now collectively around the world Mm. has been thrown into this completely unexpected life that often we've found ourselves in before because we're already isolated I mean we've all been to events we've all been to parties Mm. we've all been online we've been in numerous situations where we've been the person that sat there and everyone's going oh kids kids my kids my kids and to agree there's a bit of that now because of course, uh, the business groups that I'm in, people are talking about how they're also um, now being teachers and they're having mm-hmm. to deal with their children being off school, which I'm absolutely sure is ridiculously traumatic if you're also trying to keep a business going because you have the remnants of something that you can use. That in itself is its own challenge. But I think I'm used to that isolation somehow i'm used to it although yes i i'm in the very fortunate position of having my husband here and two sheds where i can put him in one when it gets to dad um he can just go there it's fine um, <laughs> we have space um and a big garden hurrah um <laughs> but um it's just dealing with that kind of that isolation and coping with it is something i found that within me i have those skills i'm quite an introvert anyway Um, so I don't mind that this is about the most extrovert I ever get is on the podcast because it still feels quite intimate and also I've lost friendships already because of what I've been through Mm -hmm. Um, and in having new friendships through the podcast, through the work and through talking about things um, I've learned that it's not linear so what we're going through, we're going to bounce back through all of those different stages in the next few months as we have done probably for most of our Recovery and our journey through childlessness and involuntary situation that we're in. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said for that. but you're living the life unexpected is so apt for everybody right now. It's always been appropriate wrote, for us.
4: On the final, on my publication day, I wrote a blog. You know, to finish my blog tour, and it was this. You know, when the title of your your book is the is the title of the news. Mm, um, yeah, interesting But I, I would agree with you that I. I've noticed in myself and in quite a lot of other childless women um, who've kind of, who've been through the process rather than those who are kind of new and coming into it, is that we have indeed got skills,
5: um,
4: hard earned, heartbreakingly hard earned skills on dealing with difference, on dealing with unexpected change, on dealing with having the rug pulled out from underneath you, on dealing with isolation um on dealing with incredible uncertainty because I think that's the thing that's come back for me uh, about this is that, um, you know, I can't plan for the future in any way, business or personal, mm. uh, you know, it's just, and, and that's kind of slightly fried me. And that really brought me back to that feeling of grief, which is about being in the present and thinking a lot about the past. And when you look into the future, it's so scary. You either can't go there or if you go there, you catastrophize. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, wow. and I can definitely hold that place in, in, in more of a place of integration than I could. It's still painful, but it doesn't sort of completely undo me. Yeah. And you know how we talk about grief coming in waves. And, and as you go through your grief process and you, and you heal a lot, it's like the waves get smaller, they get yeah. further apart. Um, and and sometimes you can see them on the horizon, although usually not. When I get a griefy moment, I usually never see it coming. And it's usually about something which is like completely random anyway. But I feel with this it, it, it's having that same thing. There are a sort of pandemic grief. Mm. And and I'm in a kind of I, I'm sort of paddling in the shallows again at the moment. I think Sarah's Sarah's kind of you know keeping <laughs> her head above quite some quite deep water. And I think it's that's it's helpful to sort of to see that, because I think I felt a little bit—I um, think I felt a little bit embarrassed at first about how hard <laughs> it hit me. I sort of thought I kind of ought to be doing better. I, I gave my—I didn't give myself a very good gold star for that. Mm. And and then I realised that that judgment was very unhelpful. And Joss is
5: laughing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that, Joss? Yeah, I I, I think exactly the same. And and I've been really quite self-critical about some of my emotional reactions to things so I've got really cross for example because I was like oh my god like 2020 was supposed to be the year that I did this 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 and whatever and that's all like just gone to pop so I was cross about that and then I think some of the um I guess some of the sort of media um messages around um well for example one of the things that's really got me is about how it's it's really reminding us all of what really matters and that's family and being with your family um and uh, um so that, that <laughs> i've been angry about that for all sorts of reasons not least the fact that lots of people don't have happy and healthy families or have no family at all um but then i've also kind of layered on the getting cross with myself for being cross and exactly as you said jody kind of thinking I should be better at this you know I've 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 had all all of this kind of experience through coming to terms with being childless and why can't I just apply it like that and um yeah it's been interesting
1: (laughs) you know what it's um it's so funny because um well Jodie saw it. I wrote a really sweary blog about some of the shit that I'm seeing on social media at the moment I've made no secret mm. the fact that I backed right off it because every time I open it there's something about how hard it is to be a parent at the moment and you know I get it it is but there's only so many times I can have it fucking rammed down my throat before I go off and I totally went off and I think what's really pissed me off is the lack of awareness around anyone outside the social norm of having 2.4 children and that's really and I could kind of see my grief coming because as soon as I get angry, <laughs> I get angry and I go, ah! and then the grief comes in. And I think for me, after I did that blog, that was when the uh, the tide of grief sort of hit me. And I'd gone from coping and staying productive like Rod, which is usually what I do. I stay super busy and I'm fine. I haven't got to think about anything else you I've got to engage my feelings, and then I got angry, and then it all sort of dissipated because I put it in that blog, and it's like, oh bollocks, I'm in it again. And I think, you know, as a trainee counsellor and a psychotherapist, you expect better of yourself, don't you? So when you're down in it again, you think, oh for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> I thought I processed this. <laughs> I've done I what think, I was supposed to
6: do. I, I think yeah, so, that's part of the reason why uh, for me, I, I kind of resort back and think, my bollocks, I'm moving on because you've seen, touching on what Josh was saying as well, you put the media, you see on the news, you look up uh, on the internet and you I'm seeing, I've got people saying, belling me, calling me, right, because I'm a Mavi and I'm quite positive. They're belling me going, I don't know what to do with my life, me work's gone, I feel lonely, I feel isolated. I'm hearing tons of stories about people saying, you see it all the time, I can't give, going back to what Julie was saying, I can't give me mum a hug, I can't see me brother, I can't see me sister, I can't see me family. I'm thinking, well, bollocks, welcome to my world there. Yeah. I feel a bit bad because I'm taking a little bit of victual out of it as well, which I don't like, like you were saying, Sarah. I don't like it, but I just think, then maybe you should just all take your hats off to yourselves, you guys, because this is the stuff we've got to deal with every single bleeding day. Mm. And it's like, and I do think, well, well, because I've got no family, aside yes. from the fact I ain't got no kids, I ain't got no family. <clears throat> and I do little coping strategies, but I'm like, all the things that are being highlighted now with what's going on with the virus is like, it's the norm. Yeah. For me. I just... Yeah.
3: Mm. And, and when, and when, if ever, we can go back to all those close contacts, they will have those. Those people who have those relationships will, as has been said often on Gateway Women and other groups, they will have those again. And yeah. we will have our normal situation again, which is not to have them, as it were. I... I. I, I am angry almost all the time, I'm afraid, when I'm not actually occupied in, I mean, some of the time I feel really happy and, and I try and get lots of highs from doing exercise and I try and distract myself and all that. Some of the time I'm happy, but the rest of the time I'm absolutely livid and and i've forgotten what i was going to say completely sorry <laughs> just to, but yeah because it's all there's also so much there to say really but yeah that that's it i i'm very angry because i just want to say well fuck you get over it you know <laughs> i'm sorry
6: no hooray
0: let fucking <laughs> I think I've been kind of I've had to stop myself and this is a, this is terrible but I found it quite extraordinary about how some people are taking risks with their family and yeah. then you think do you love them that much really that yeah, you yeah. actually want to go and visit them yeah um and put them into that position can you really not control your urges you know i mean i i haven't seen my parents for um god must be about two months you know and I know that if I went anywhere near their house I'd want to hug them I have to not do that I can't do that it's I've missed birthdays we have missed all sorts of things we've had a funeral in our family we can't do that you know you we, we can't um absolutely cannot we have to control those urges but i'm really struggling to not turn into a bit of a like oh what are they doing again visiting their parents that's really bad and i no, no don't do that don't do it don't look just walk away um but you think well, what what measure are you putting on on love mm-hmm. and you're your controlling your, your your urges i find that quite astonishing and quite extraordinary that anybody would want to do that it's
3: it's like people feel that they are being stopped from doing something. Mm, yeah. And I can see that some kind of unreasonable restriction that they kind of want yeah. to find ways round or you
0: know. Yeah. And I think actually over here, I mean you're we talking about the, the lockdown that you have there, Julie. And over here I my um someone who's very, very close to me, um, my friend's daughter had posted how she was struggling to understand. Um, what the rules meant. She's nineteen, mm-hmm. and she was saying, "I don't." It just seems like waffle, and I think that's also quite true. There's a great deal of ambiguity, I think, in in our lockdown here, um, yeah. and people will find gaps. I mm-hmm. think in that. There's already this morning on social media um, a post talking about what it might be our exit strategy from lockdown, and I'm thinking, but we're up to fifteen thousand deaths. Yeah. earth are we talking about that for right now why why is that a conversation that we're having um let's sort out exactly what the lockdown means first because people are breaking those rather ambiguous rules and i can see why they might be because it is very unclear in some respects um we haven't got to your level of lockdown yet and i kind of feel that we we should be um because people just don't seem to be able to control the urges, um, I don't know, maybe maybe perhaps there's something in, in the fact that we are used to being isolated and used to being on the outside of so many different conversations, that um, it's easier sometimes perhaps for us to sort of adjust to the fact that we are in lockdown. I, I've found it slightly easier than I thought I would because I'm not having to have those... Gatherings where I'm the one that's that's not the parent, the challenge I have, and I don't know if anybody else has had this either on the conversation or with our listeners, is that um one of my goals was to make a big change in in, in my life, and I can't do that because um I have to think about income and things like that, but in working um for um a company and having zoom meetings. I have the extraordinary situation of obviously having people with their children in the background. That's been challenging on meetings. And I had a really interesting one where, and you can see everyone on the podcast here can see the background that I've got behind me with the shelves. And I've got, um, a clanger toy. It's just here. I'll bring it to the front. There we go. It's a knitted clanger that my mother made me ages ago. Um, because my sister-in-law and I have a thing about the clangers. Um, which my brother tolerates, um, I think, when we get together. And someone said, oh, you're in a playroom as well, aren't you? And, um, and I said, uh, this is my office. Oh, but you've got a toy in the background. Um, no, it's, a, it's something that just sits on the side. Um, it's what it is. No, no, I, I don't have children, I said. I sad, sadly don't have children. And I've never had that before. And it's that intrusion somehow of people. You know, they're doing things like house tours on the, one of the catch-ups that they have. And it's like, no, absolutely no way. Any of you? Yes no because there's actually anybody else no it's my private space hang
1: on so they're doing house tours so what they're doing casing your joint for when you're oh well it's
0: yeah bathroom. well they're work they're kind of colleagues and it's like a through the key oh, right. thing that they're doing <laughs> nothing like casing the joint no right, I know, no, people, no. yeah <laughs> i'll have that oh i found <laughs> that there's nothing way. seriously there's nothing here to, to to nick i can assure you i don't necessarily want to rob no i can't No, there's nothing in here I'd want to steal, really, apart from maybe the the Mac. But it it is that intrusion. So a lot of people, I think, out there may well be in that situation where they're working from home and people are coming into their space. And it occurred to me at the time, and it has done since, is that a lot of us perhaps live in houses that we bought at the time I did, um, because this room that I'm sitting in right now should have been my child's room. Mm -hmm. This is what this house, it's a a bigger house. We moved from a tiny starter home to something a lot bigger because we wanted to fill it with children. So there is a negotiation perhaps sometimes of our working practices that means that we have to be be mindful of that, not with us, with others. The one good thing that did happen is that I had contact with somebody who has been affected, of course, by the um, ending of fertility treatment. And this finding themselves in this hideous place. I can't. We we talked about it very briefly in the previous, not the previous podcast because that's going out today, but the one before that um, episode. Oh God, like days of the week, isn't it? Twelve, I think it was, or thirteen. One of the two, anyway. We talked about that and about how that's impacted on people and people coming into a space where we are that they would not have necessarily expected to find themselves into. And it's heartbreaking for her, but it was lovely that she was able to reach out and to just tell me about that and to talk about her story. But it's a story that you wish wasn't happening. And again, that's all because of where we are with the coronavirus. But yeah, there's there's a, there's a sense. I think there's something kind of around boundaries in all of that somewhere. I'm waffling again, but it is that boundaries and people coming into our spaces in perhaps a way we hadn't necessarily thought of before.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I think I think part of my downward slide has been being in a house that I did buy for having a family, and then being stuck in it. And you're very conscious of what you don't have. I think when you're stuck indoors, Mm. and you see lots of people moaning about the fact they've got kids under their feet, and you think, oh, give my fucking right arm for that. And I, you know, to be moaning about it as well. So I think Mm. part of that is you know having people zooming into your your office, which would have been for your kid. Um, yeah. and you're, you're conscious of it as well and then people yeah. sort of nosing around your background
0: mm.
1: Apparently, though, you can put a background up in zoom if you're interested but you can. yeah but I think you know you you were talking about extra exit strategies and I know you sort of feel it's a bit early but I've been coming up with my own exit strategy and it does it, it, it involves going to a pub actually because I am a, a raging introvert but I miss sitting in a pub listening to the background's background noise i might even go around and hug people as well and i'm not particularly a huggy person but um i do miss having that social contact just being around people Mm -hmm. you know
0: what's what's the first thing that we're all going to do when this is over and it's the very first thing michael you've been very very quiet quiet. (laughs) very quiet what's the first thing you're going to do
2: Okay. Well, um, before we get to that,
0: mm, uh, tell, me, tell us I a story, w- tell Michael. Tell us a story. Tell us a story.
2: Uh, no, no, it'll come. They, they just, they just come to me. I just can't force them out. Um, just talk. What Rod said about feeling like a, a bit of a uh, uh, what was it fraud? Um, I, I actually feel the same as you, Rod. It's. Um, I've just finished editing that men's episode with Andy and Ken. And one of the things Andy said was that he said, it's, it's like this isolation thing is bringing back the grief of, of, you know, trying to have children through IVF and how you, you know, I don't have explained to you guys how, you know, alienating that is and isolating. <clears throat> so which I get, I get that, but um, like Rod said, well, you know, I've I've gone back to what I know, and it's just I've got to get on. I'm I'm turning into that I'm turning into that guy that Vicky says, why didn't you grieve? What? Why did I feel so alone? Um, you know, because I didn't think you cared. And it's it's not that. I'm just like Rod. I'm going back to what I know, and what I know is that we've got to get we've got to get through this and so it's it's full steam ahead blinkers on let's let's do it and i'm finding that um because of my personal situation right now i have both my parents are quite ill um and um they i'm trying to administer their life because they left a absolute fucking mess and we're not left it they've still in it but um trying to navigate and, and administer their life for them so i have been run off my feet trying to do that in this in this really weird time so it's actually quite a blessing for me in some respects that both vicky and i um have been doing this but one of the other things and going back to sorry i know one of you mentioned it um it's also like, this is a doddle. This is easy because it's what we've always done. You know, we have we have this joke that no one ever comes around our house. And they don't. We don't have friends come to our home. If we ever want to see someone, we go to them because... Even 10, 12 years down the track where, you know, we, we are well on the way to acceptance, you know, and and, um, and so, you know, we're just sitting there going, this is normal. This is like normal life. This is what it's like, you know, and although um, well, one things that we do miss and the f- so I'll get to that question Baron Lisa, about what was the first thing you're going to do is I'm gonna go we're gonna go get in the car and go for a drive. Cause right now that's what I wanna do. And I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna meet no one. It's just gonna be us in our cocoon of a car. And I just wanna go for a bloody drive. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna be doing. I'm
4: gonna go to the beach. Yeah. So um, in Ireland, we have a two kilometre radius from our home, obviously a lot more generous than Julie's dealing with in Spain, but you're not allowed to take your car. So it's two kilometres for exercise, which is four kilometres away. Mm. Um, and we're currently living in a small town whilst we you know, um, build um, a house, uh, which is also all that's had to stop as well. But um, so I'm really looking forward, and so is Parsnip, the dog, to getting back to the beach. Because we live near um, a beach which keeps being winning, you know, the TripAdvisor Best Beach in Ireland award. It's one of those huge, huge, long, you know, sort of Irish beaches that actually looks beautiful. You know, sand all the way out and the tide goes out like a mile. And you can throw a ball for a crazy Parsons Russell like us. I mean, you can really throw it a long way. And she is gone. She is a little white speck in the distance. And when she comes running back towards you with a ball in her mouth, trying to pant at the same time, it's such pure joy. And I want that joy back. I really, I really miss that.
3: I think I'm going to go to the beach too. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go and look at it. Because at the beginning of all this, before we were totally aware of what we could and couldn't do, um, I remember taking the recycling down to the to the bins, which are on the seafront and having a sneaky look at the sea, which was the last time I saw it. um, So about a month ago. So I'm going to get on my bike and go and cycle along right along about three miles. You can go along the side, the the seafront and just breathe it in and look at it and smell it and revel in it. (laughs) what about you joss
5: I, it's, it's interesting because i was thinking about that and um a week or so ago and thinking oh gosh i, I don't know really What what is it i'm going to leap to do and maybe that's because um as michael was saying like some of my everyday life is about being being a bit alone anyway but i i think i do i love i love well i love the sea, and so I would love to be able to get in my car and go um, with a couple of my friends that we like swimming. And I think the other thing I'd like to do is just to go out with some of my old friends and just something normal, like to a pub that we like and just chat and laugh together, actually face to face, and you know, see people in the flesh. I, think I just miss that. Yeah, so I haven't got
3: one, <laughs> I've probably got a couple of things. Go on, Rod. What about you?
6: Um, I think, well, to be fair, everyone, um, I, I mean, I have been behaving during the virus, but I've also not been. Uh, I have been getting out and doing stuff. I ain't letting this thing keep me <laughs> in. I'm looking after people. I'm not, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to other people, but nothing like this keeps me down. So I find weight. But in answer to the question, um, I'm going to go every restaurant there is. In the area and just muller them, right? Basically, definitely like Sarah said, straight out of Boozer. There's a dodgy Weather in Clapham, right? Which I might not go to now because did you hear what, what that bastard did by the way? Of his staff, terrible. Yeah. So I'm not going to Weather again, stuff him. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, and forgive my crudity, this is sounds terrible on website, but just before the virus kicked in, bearing in mind, I'm getting older and uglier, you know, I'd be lucky if I could pull a muscle, but. I just literally met a girl that I was I was that close basically to getting my leg over, right? <laughs> and I ain't been able to see her. Right. And I'm desperate <laughs> to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> good for I you. I was that close to scoring and then this bloody thing happened and it just shut everything down. And I'm desperate to get back on the park and see if I can play the game and score. And he played another game. I don't know, but I'm gonna try it. You can't keep a good man that well, not a good man, I'm not a good man, but I was that close. No, and but but you know what? Know you
3: know what? I think you've got a good chance because it's it's like a kind of wartime mentality, you know? So
6: yeah. don't come on, battle of Britain. Do you know what I mean? Day day we're going over the top, nothing keeps you down. Keep fighting, fighting Britain <laughs> <laughs> So I'm no, hoping you know, you're,
3: in I mean, with, you're in with a good chance there, definitely.
6: I hope so, Jules. You know, what I mean, I, you know, she hasn't thought, oh, blimey! I've suddenly woken up and realised she's seen this and gone, oh god, what was I thinking of? Too much Herbert. God. But I'm going to give it a go. I'm not letting. I was that close, seriously. It's fine.
1: <laughs> so you just want a bit of leg over then?
6: Basically, <laughs> you know you what know, I mean, Jules. I love an arc, but you know.
1: Yeah, screw the hug, you just want to go straight to it.
6: Oh, absolutely! You know when you're on the edge, Mickey boy, when you know, you put the shift in, and you tried really, and I've got to put a double shift in, looking like this, I put a shift in, and then this bloody virus comes along and you yeah! So I'm going to give, I'm going to give a <laughs> double.
0: Sarah, you do know that somehow we've got to sort of follow um this up with something extraordinarily brilliant about what we're going to be doing after them. Something (laughs) profound. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what did occur to me actually, Sarah, is that you know we have that race um to go and visit people. So um one of the things that we talked about um away from the podcast with Michael was um how Michael's going to fly over here and visit everybody that we know um, in the UK before Sarah and I do. Um, we were. That's just not on. She cannot do that. (laughs) So I think, Sarah, you and I need to plan our road trip. Um, is what we need to do and go and meet people in our community. Um, before Michael does, because we've got an extra added advantage now. Um, (laughs) we. Yeah, road road. Yeah,
6: come on, girls, get on with it. Film in the ways. Let's have it.
0: We, we could do that. Do you, you want know, to play the part of Brad Pitt? Or I don't know. His...
6: I don't know about Brad Pitt, more on Pitt. <laughs> you know That'll I mean.
0: be fine. We'll, we'll, come, we'll, we'll come and find you, Rob. You, you're there. You're, you're in the seat. We need a decent car, but we'll be fine. We'll be okay.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to go to the beach is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do exactly as... Um, jody has said i'm going to take my dog and i'm going to go to the beach um it's not far from us but it's too far for us to go legally so we can't so i just want to go there take my dog and just walk for miles we did at christmas about two weeks, and we haven't really been back since. And um, that's what I want to do. And if I can persuade my parents to come along, that would be great. And anyone who knows me, I think I'm a bit cautious about going to the pub, but I do miss our local pub. But he's selling bottles through the through the front door, so I do go up there and um, just like wave plaintively and, and pick up a bottle of beer and come home. It's not quite the same, but at least it's it's there. Um, and I think probably on the eve of lockdown, when they do, it, if there is a warning. And I think I might just go around Cambridge again because one of the things I've absolutely thoroughly loved is going around the streets of Cambridge and it's so beautiful here but I have never seen it so quiet and it feels like I kind of own it I'm like yay I live here I, it's all mine um, because there's nobody around and it's quite emotional but beautiful and I've actually really enjoyed that the silence and the mm-hmm. peace and our city it, it gets more visitors um, and tourists and students and it does residents so to actually have it to yourself and to just stand and actually look at King's College Chapel and there not be anybody wandering in front of a picture is like wow <laughs> that never happens so that's been quite nice um, to do that and to look at the cows because we have cows on our commons here as well has been really nice as well so that's yeah. what I'd like to do. So Sarah? Sarah.
1: Well, it sounds like, well, I've, I'm going to go to the pub, I've already said that, and go and hug loads of random people. So, um, <laughs> um, But it sounds to me like a lot of us just want to get out and be around company again, doesn't it, really? Which segues nicely, because I think Jodie would like to mention Gateway Online.
4: Yes. Um, as as perhaps some of the listeners know, um, Gateway Women hosts meetups, social meetups, um, uh, around the world, actually. <laughs> And um, quite a few of those meetups are going online. So the, w- the recording we're doing today is on Zoom, um, which, as Rod says, looks like the Brady Bunch. And um, quite a few of our GW meetup hosts. Um, are going to be doing that. Some of them have already done it, and some of them are, are getting some training from us in how to do it. So, if you would like to have some virtual company and see some virtual friendly faces, um, do check. You know, do check up. Um, come to the Gateway Women website. And go to go to meetups, and you'll find more details there. And we're hoping to keep that connection going through the lockdown.
0: That's fantastic.
4: I run the I run the Kent one,
1: and we've gone online. I, it's never been so bloody popular. <laughs>
0: That's really fantastic. good. Everyone, to get on. Michael's also doing your virtual pub, aren't you? Or you have been mm. too. For everybody else that is interested in connecting with Michael, um, and your your Michael's cousin is doing the the bad Kalinga. Um, <laughs> is that is that Michael? Crap, my pronunciation. Is it kalim kalimba or? Kalimba?
2: Oh um, uh, oh god. Kalimba. I
0: think, I think it is. I think it's kalimba. Yeah. I, I t-
2: Pinkers Calimbre, yes. It's yes it's honestly,
0: right. it has had me in tears. It's so funny. I have literally cried because he's just so brilliant at what he does. And I think we talked about it on the no previous. I have no idea what that is. It sounds like yoga. Okay. Oh, it's brilliant. No, it's not. It's just brilliant. Um, Michael has talked about it, I think, on the podcast previous to this one or the, the one before that. The one that we talked about with the friendship in a time of need, um, he's talked about it on there. But it's Michael's cousin, and he's got this instrument that's kind of like a round kind of bowl, isn't it? With like a strings well, it, on top. It, it, it looks
2: like a, it, it looks like a it looks like a mandolin. Mm. Yeah, but with no neck, and it's just strings on the on the yeah on the bowl. Um, and he lives pro- he lives on the west coast of Ireland, just um, I think County Mayo, maybe. But he's up that way, Jody. So yeah, he's he's got a thick Irish accent, and um, he's actually. I've been watching some of his other videos. He's brilliant absolutely he's, brilliant he's, what he does, It's hilariously
0: entertaining and he has this music and he knows what it is and he plays it on the and you have to guess what it is and i have not got one of them um, which is the <laughs> reflection on his talent so much as probably my my kind of um popular culture um sort of missing no. theme. but he's absolutely it's so very very funny and the other really funny thing of course is the um the bbc news theme there's a a, a weather forecaster in the northwest um owen who's um apparently a talented drummer and um he's done the thing it's on twitter and i'll have to put it somewhere on one of our social media sites because it is hilarious and he drums the bbc news um news at 10 theme tune so if you're like me and you've dreaded the news being on which i've dreaded it i hate it then um I have literally um, been listening to this and um, it's been like, oh, it's just fantastic. I can listen to the BBC news theme tune again um, because he's actually got this kind of like disco kind of drum version of it. It's very, very funny as well. So, yes. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Josh. Thanks everyone.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Look after
6: yourselves, everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah.
2: You Look after you yourselves. You don't, you don't have to go yet because I'm just going to say Rod, I know where Finchley is now. I was I was actually born in Highgate, just just south of that. So there you go. Oh you were brought down to Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't come down my place. <laughs> it's got a long way it has got a long way to come to see You. <laughs> no, Guys. you're you're on the list you're on the list, mate. You're on the list.
6: No, when mate, when you do. Come and stay with me, mate. No problem.
0: Sarah. Michael, should we right. just stay should we stay on the call for a second and catch up? Would Am that be sure? good? Yeah. 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 Thank you, much. you very Thank much. Cheerio. It's bye. lovely Thank to you. meet you. See you, bye.
2: mate. Thanks for staying the distance. And please don't forget we are also on the Trinity of Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And all those links can be found on our website, www.thefullstoppod.com we would also appreciate it if you could rate us on the platform that you're listening to, the podcast. The more ratings we get, the wider our spread and the more of our community we can reach. Now, talking of our community, a good friend of ours and the podcast, Dr. Robin Hadley, has a new and free paper to download. We'll leave the link in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on a podcast or have a burning issue you think our community should be aware of, We've got all official and we have a form on our website that you can fill in to give us the details. And don't forget, we love hearing from our audience, so please drop us a line at any time. And as always, it's important for us to let you know. You are not alone. Do you want me
1: to stop recording? Yeah.